Cash flow management is a continuous process and you're driving toward a goal and it continues to unfold. So with something like that, it's kind of like laundry. I do a lot of laundry here. And that's that it's actually never going to be over. Sometimes you just have to throw a load in first thing in the morning and then again tomorrow and again the next day. It is a continuous process that must remain somewhat imperfect and that should not keep you from starting a better set of habits or what have you, you know, a different approach or attitude toward your forecasting for your business. Transparency is vital in demonstrating how useful your data actually is. It gives you context. When it comes to cash flow forecasting and management or any other financial planning activities, transparency comes in knowing where your data is coming from. You want your data to be reliable. It means that the data should come straight from the source using whichever accounting software tools you already rely on. It should be automatic, not just to save time, but because fewer fingers touching the data means fewer chances for human error to interfere. Effective cash flow management is a great tool to help predict what the future holds and start preparing for it. Using an Excel spreadsheet as your tool works fine when you are just starting up. But as your business is evolving, you need the right tools that are evolving right along with you, help your business thrive and empower you as the founder to know exactly where your cash position in the next 13 weeks at a minimum. As part of this cash flow forecasting and management podcast series, we are excited to introduce you ways to improve cash flow by using a cash flow management software called Dry Run. In today's episode, we are joined by Barb Easter, the Director of Client Success at Dry Run. Barb shared with us the value of cash flow management software versus Excel. What are the purpose of cash flow planning? the common misconception out there about cash flow and why founders struggles in planning and managing cash flow. You're listening to her CEO journey, the business finance podcast for mission driven women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Christina Shahli. If you are new here, a big warm welcome. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out and say hi, because that's where I hang out and share my business finance tips. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you are a regular listener, I want you to know I appreciate you. My podcast won't be around without your support. This is a free weekly show where my guests and I want to inspire you to balance between mission and profit, to create an impact in this world, and to achieve financial equality through your business for good. If after listening to this episode, you are interested in a cash flow management tool that can help you in managing cash flow, you can sign up with Dry Run for 30 days free trial using the link provided in the show note. And I am absolutely certain you will enjoy working with Barb directly. And when you are ready to focus on building your business and you want us to manage the financial back office process that comes with a virtual CFO, connect with us at christinashahli.com forward slash let's chat. Barb Easter, welcome to her CEO journey. Let's start with your journey from a teacher to becoming the director of client success at Dry Run. Before we dive into what is dry run and what is cash flow management. About 20 years ago, got a job with Halton Catholic, which is a school board in the Burlington Oakville, sort of like west of the Toronto center. And that was with students who are either deaf or hard of hearing. So there's a niche need for teaching and interpreting services that falls to specifically servicing those students. So that's where I started my career. I was progressing in in my career and and that was great. When my second was born, we discovered quite early on, she was about four months old, that she had a form of epilepsy. So (laughs) I said to my husband, I said, I'm going to quit my job. 
<laughs> he was like, are we sure about that? He's very, he is, he is a good man, Christina. Anyways, uh, I said, yep, 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 yep. I'll make it work. Okay. So I'm going to draw on some other skill sets that I had not accessed in a while. So those skill sets for me, in addition to taking care of an epileptic baby were in order. So editing and proofreading, which led me into more fully marketing. So I spent a number of years marketing in the digital space. So really what I was doing was creating content that compelled and engaged people to engage with the brand. Okay. And very quickly, I I ascertained based on a a series of sort of ad hoc experiments that uh, corporate communications were actually like really good from a retainer point of view. So that actually stabilized fairly quickly. And then through that door, if I was feeling glamorous, I could say that I was headhunted, but I was sought out by Dry Run, which was the company that I'm currently with. I was on contract with the co-founders because at the time it was the two co-founders and myself. I was on contract for about, oh, six months before they said, you know, you're a really good culture fit. Would you come aboard and develop and then ultimately direct, I'm going to say the post sale, because at that time, of course, with three people, there's like 3000% work and only three people people to do. So we each took a thousand percent of the work. Are you sure right. it's only 3,000? I think it's probably 6,000. Each one well, of you like 2,000. Let Even me tell now, you, you're so busy. <laughs> as we've developed, I've been able to shed and focus and organize some of those operational and post-sale and success and product implementation roles. So yeah, so that's basically what brought me to here. Let's start with this. Let's explain first, what is Dry Run? So Dry Run is a cash flow forecasting tool. It's got two main purposes for somebody who is engaging in financial tasks. And what that is, is number one, manage your cash in today. So the timeframe currently, okay, in order to then have opportunities to forecast into the future. So manage today, model tomorrow. I like that. Manage today, model tomorrow. <laughs> yep, it's easy, right? Yes, it is easy. But now explain to me, how is your role as director of client success fit in into the dry run process? It is an easy tool to use. However, knowing what to model is sometimes, and when I talk about modeling, I am specifically talking about modeling scenarios to drive the business. I'm talking about growth-oriented, future-looking assumptions and scenarios and event placement across a timeline. So a large portion of my job is interacting with certain segments of our users to find out what they need to do to drive their business. So we get it. That's one channel. And I talk with them. So that would be my business owners. My business owners are much the same, but they are operating more quickly. They tend to be a little more reactive as they're coming to us. And generally, although I'm going to get heat for this, I would like to see each one of them matched up with the CFO. Why do you believe that a business owner needs to match up with a CFO? We take great pains to normalize the actions of using financial forecasting software. And we've made it very easy in platform to meet the business owner where they're at. So for example... As you can probably attest, sometimes you only have five minutes. And in that five minutes, you need to both have a cup of coffee, check your personal email, and make sure that your forecast is ticking along. So Dry Run is designed to be able to tune you in to your finances and your near-term 
operational cash flow very quickly. There's a significant margin for error. Okay. You can overwrite certain figures and it's difficult to break. Think about your favorite non-finance person and think about kind of what they would do in a software platform and how many mouse clicks it would be before they got an error message. (laughs) 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 And in dry run, it's fairly permissive because again, we're looking at a future that's not fixed in stone. We just often our business owners need to first understand if their their next operational movements are feasible before they dial in too deeply. Mm. So dry run's great for the business owner at assessing, like taking that desirable idea of, ah, maybe we hire somebody or maybe we open another location and then assessing like a, a high level feasibility using their own finance, like using their own accounting file. So it is really approachable for business owners. I do think that if we step back and we ask a business owner, well, what are you doing here? They'll say, oh, I'm making widgets or I'm selling services or man, I just love being an architect. The greater portion of that answer though still lies unsaid. And the reality is you're trying to grow your business. The difficult thing is that it's tough to both be in your business and be on your business, okay? So I really truly believe that for folks that want to be as successful as possible doing what they love, they should hire a CFO, whether that be on a fractional basis or you know a, a project basis or chef's kiss, mwah, a full-time a full-time CFO, okay, if their revenues will support. Because I think what I see in terms of my landscape, Christina, is that's always a high return on investment. Yes, sometimes it hurts to bring that person in and it, it hurts. Sometimes it hurts the pocketbook. Sometimes it hurts a really delicate balance of operations, but it's ultimately what the majority of businesses need to do for a variety of personal and professional reasons. Okay. They simply do not have the capacity to be all things and continue to drive the business toward growth. So uh, man, hire it out. I mean, we pay like this is Canada. We pay so much in insurance and really what you're doing is you're insuring the business. So I prefer, and I have used this analogy. Well, I think a really active way to insure your business is to turn some of those dollars into CFO salary or retainer or whatever configuration suits the the folks that you bring onto your team. But here's here's what I want to drill a little bit deeper because I know there are business owners out there that don't see the value of a CFO, even a fractional CFO. Based on your experience inside Dry Run, because you work with business owners, when should a business owners consider having a fractional CFO? So a couple of these things are are time-based and a couple of them are event-based and some of them are aspirational. So if you wanted to grow, you should be considering fractional CFO support from the beginning. Okay. In fact, if you go to set up your business and you've got an accountant at that point, I would tap your accountant to start recommending who you might meet with, even if it's on an hourly or some sort of a a fixed budget or fixed time to help the business from its inception, because business processes are very important. And a couple hours of payment arrangement you make is likely well worth it from the get-go. In terms of acquiring that person to work with you on a fractional basis, and this the caveat is that it depends on what kind of a business, but if I see a business that's either it's starting to really accelerate in terms of growth, maybe they're looking at taking on funding, or they're considering that in two years they might take on funding, 
or some sort of investment, those are earmarks that they should absolutely be have somebody with their best interest at heart who's got that drive toward managing the finances, okay, on a like on a strategic basis. And if I see businesses that get to about four mil, okay, in gross annual revenue, I'm inclined to start really agitating uh, some of the pain points, which again, I might get heat for this, but it's really informal in my sessions with business owners. So if I hear problems that have just been recurring in software, Christina, I'm inclined to say, how's that working for you? But what are those recurring problems, Barb? For instance, if I had somebody and I have had somebody in the last six months come to me and say, listen, I've got X number of dollars in advertising expenditures, but my sales are not converting in a way that is sustainable. My sales numbers are too low. I go, okay, hire a CFO. Okay. You need to, number one, you need to right size your sales pipeline, and then you need to realign your advertising dollars with that. And it might be time to go back to the drawing board in terms of what your sales strategy is, your marketing strategy. I would expect, now I gave that advice for, to a business user. I would expect that a CFO would be able to drill into exactly what that might look like, create some really nuanced projections and realign the business so that it's once again, heading toward growth rather than kind of wandering off toward the weeds. If I looked into inventory, so if I had like an excessive inventory and carrying costs, I'd be looking for somebody to strategically manage that for me, especially nowadays. Like that's that's really quite volatile. Okay, so I'd be looking for somebody with some serious inventory and manufacturing experience as CFO. Another one that I ran across recently in software, an unrealistic break-even point. Hmm. So if they were a newer business, we've got to be very careful in terms of a strategy to pilot an idea where, you know, costs might be higher because you're just trying to figure out what works. Fine. Mm -hmm. At the very beginning, especially. Yeah. However, as a business owner, you can't be locked into doing whatever works indefinitely. You must have somebody come along and and impose some controls and say, hey, your break-even is unrealistic and your runway (laughs) keeps shortening. Inefficient use of cash. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. I see it in terms of cost controls or lack of controls. So businesses that have started to scale, but are they're, they're still subject to some volatility. So if I had a commercial lawn company, like commercial, we're talking big biz, two, three million, I have seen a number of these come and go. And the reason why they come and go, Christina, is because they've got volatility in terms of their earnings and they're not able to stabilize their operations. It requires a strategic approach that is often difficult to impose internally. Okay. They feel like they're just getting by. So having that CFO, that strategic element say, listen, we need to, you know, expand our service offerings, or we need to make sure that our controls are such during our high rev periods so that we can preserve the business operations through our low rev. That's what this looks like. And often that's not a skill that comes naturally to folks who They just want to do, they're doers. Yeah, because they want to build their business. What they're thinking most of the time is that, how am I going to increase my sales? They didn't think about, okay, I have high revenue during the summer month or the winter month, depending on this landscaping business. I said landscaping just as an example. Yeah, landscaping business, for example. They can like shuffle the snows during the winter and then they can take care of the lawn, the lawn during the the summer. But sometimes the the revenue is not spread equally. There will be moments where they don't have enough revenue for a few months. Right. Right. And then I get it. I get what you are saying. Some of these businesses can have like high revenue because they are busy focusing on sales. And nobody is really taking care of the cost management as well as planning for the future, as well as short-term cash flow management. Right. 
And that leads me to my next favorite one, which is that budgeting and cost control problems. What does that look like, right? So at the expense of cost control, revenues are driving everything to the point where the business is actually impaired because there is no strategic oversight to how we might manage those costs as revenue fluctuates, right? So basically just, I guess, restating what you said, but budgeting and cost control problems was the next one on my list. Yeah, I'm not surprised because again, it's it's going back to one of your main point. All of this business owners, they want to grow their business. Their approach is about building the business. They don't want to spend their time in the back office looking at their cash flow or looking at their financial results. Let's say they are still small and then they started to grow. They're not ready to get a CFO yet, even though you have been sharing the benefit of having a CFO and what type or what stage of business should consider having a CFO. If they make a decision, I want to do it myself, what would be the benefit of having dry run in their business? Actually, it's really interesting that you say that. So pandemic time is kind of blending together. We had somebody come aboard and they were a business owner, came without any type of financial support people to the meeting. And we imported their file into dry run. And they were like, huh, that doesn't look right. Okay. And my first thought is always, oh my goodness, is everything ticking along? Because of course we connect with different financial, like different accounting tools. Okay. So my first thought is always the fidelity of data. Turns out it was fraud. (laughs) Turns, Yeah. It turns out that by importing data into dry run, they discovered that there was, we'll say more than punishable record keeping errors on the internal. Okay. So whether that was somebody who maybe, you know, at the bookkeeper level was not, not up for the task of a growing business with this type of accounting procedure in place, or whether it was willful, I will never know. But that's a great reason to come aboard dry run and just run it, just run a stress test, just run your numbers into something that you're not necessarily familiar with or comfortable with. Because sometimes when you take that data set, that's the accounting file, and you shake it up a little bit, and you import it into different software with the intent to see if it balances and see what's going on and get a, get a handle on your cash, sometimes you find something really surprising. What exactly happened? So I know Dry Run connected to QuickBook Online, to Zero and Sage Intact, correct? Yes. Once the data came to Dry Run, what exactly did you see? And then lead to a realization it was a fraud. What you see in Dry Run is very, it's designed for the business user to look at and take learnings or extrapolate right on the dashboard. So it's a little flat looking, which makes it different than the accounting files that have screen upon screen upon screen. So the information came into Dry Run and there were two areas that we noticed. So number one, expenses, because you're looking at a lot of data at once visually, but it's quite organized, Christina, we noticed that there were some elevated costs that were kind of concealed in the accounting platform. And we noted that. But then when we went back up to the cash inflow section, there were some key invoices that were missing. Okay. So at that point, I don't have additional information about what the, that revenue intake process is. I can't tell whether it's a check, you know, like I don't have, and, and, and nor should I. It's not relevant in terms of dry runs scope. Yep. But when we met again briefly, it was after there was a meeting internally on that user side. This is between you and the business owners. Correct. He let me know that there had been weak controls in place, which I think he had educated himself in the meantime, because he, he was not a person that would have used the terms weak controls. So he let me know and that they were investigating further and that 
there was a couple personnel who had been placed on administrative leave. And then this is quite a big business. Yeah, it was sizable. So they were just at the point. So this is why I say it becomes a little much for the business owner to hold a couple million dollars in their head as in terms of like their revenues, right? So things you need to departmentalize, compartmentalize, set up some procedures with an eye to where you want to go rather than basically, I don't know, kind of treading water, right? And a CFO, I feel like a CFO would have pointed that out. Like, I want to say, like, you're good, Christina. I want to say like, in a minute. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I so mean? I, I know what you mean, because I think this is one of the lack of uh, review from business owners and then how they review. One of the thing as a CFO, and then I've been trained on this because I was an auditor even before, right? To, to look at and then pick up certain area that looks kind of wonky, <laughs> I would say it, right? And one of the things that I realized as I'm working with my clients, they don't look at a set of data trend. What I mean is that when they review their PNL, uh, they review it maybe to the previous month, they review it to the previous year, right? And then sometimes they review it in total. You are not going to be able to pick up any discrepancy unless you look at it month by month by month and then really understand what's going on and then see the trend. One of the things that I love about Dry Run and then I decided to partner with Dry Run is actually your dashboard. When you open dry run, you can see uh, every month and then it's showing you like in my computer screen, like a few months at the same time. And then it's showing you cash in, cash out, right? That is one of the things. And it's very easy to look at the trend. And then not only it, uh, the dashboard, it's also have graphic, right? Showing where is if you're trending up for your revenue and you're trending down on your expenses or vice versa, right? When you have a tool like that, you have a dashboard as a business owner or as a CFO to look at it, you can quickly identify the discrepancy in your financial result. And I really think that is one of the feature that Dry Run offers. And then the reason I'm able to say this because I have been researching many other cash flow management software, right? And I think the other benefit of Dry Run, that kind of like there is a benefit, there is also a risk, is the fact that Dry Run is very flexible. We always talk about garbage in, garbage out, mm -hmm. right? If everything that you recorded in your accounting software is not clean, is not organized, the result is that you're not going to have a financial result like on your balance sheet or your profit and loss or your cash flow, garbage in, garbage out. So it's going to be garbage. You're not going to be able to see what is the trend, what is going on. It's not going to tell you the right story. It's going to tell you numbers, but it's not going to be able to tell you the accurate and trustworthy story. Let's put it that way. Now, when you bring those data from the accounting software to Dry Run, because Dry Run have that approachability feature, you basically can restructure what you have from the accounting software and make it more accurate in my mind. In terms of the presentation, I'm not going to say it... It may not be accurate in terms of the numbers, but because you can have that flexibility and approachability inside that dry run, you don't need to have an accurate chart of account. I know it's an accounting jargon, chart of account, but it's basically the structures of your expenses and the structure of your revenue. And I believe that is one of the strongest feature in dry run. The fact that it's flexible, even though the chart of account is not uh, structure correctly in your accounting software, when you bring it to dry run, you have the flexibility to play around with it, make it make sense for your business. Is that accurate? Yes. Another really strong feature, I think, is the ability to add 
anything in dry run. So we can, we can add, as we've talked about, we can bring over accounting data and we can whiteboard it. So for instance, when I have folks who are in a real cash crunch and they come to me, the first thing I say is, listen, you've got a bunch of receivables, likely, that are, <laughs> that are owed to you. Your money is walking around in other people's pockets. Dry run allows you to whiteboard so it doesn't sync back to your accounting file, but it allows you to say, well, what if we recovered this portion of our, of our aging receivables this month? What would that look like? So number one, it's very attractive to business owners to do that, okay? Because they can then go, oh yeah, no, I would have an extra $100,000 if I picked up the phone and started calling these folks that are in arrears paying me. The other thing too, is that that's a really strong value prop and an easy way for this CFO to show the business owner what they should be doing in terms of, we'll say homework. Okay. So we've done our best to make it really easy to do a couple activities that are really strongly linked to cash. So one of them, of course, would be that recoup of anything that's aging. And also the flip side of that, of course, is that if there's payables that are aging, we can manipulate those to pay out when it's most advantageous to the business owner. We're saying, oh, well, if I do some of this and I do some of that, oh, look, I now have a pool of liquidity that I didn't even acknowledge because it wasn't, it didn't seem achievable. But dry run, you can, it allows the business owner to kind of get the vision in terms of what they should do as a first task. And then secondly, my next favorite thing is actually being able to build a revenue pipeline for a revenue pipeline forecast, we'll say for the next 13 weeks out of the whole cloth. Like if I sat there as the business owner, I could make it up. I could say, I know. So for instance, very easily, I could say, I know how much it costs me to stay in business and we need to make X dollars. And that takes about four minutes. It's ridiculous. And then what I could do is I could refine that, that plan. And I could say, okay, well, you know what? I need 60% to come through this lower cost channel of sales. And I can tolerate 40% coming from this higher cost channel of sales so that I can meet my goal that I set out. So it's very, um, hands-on, very practical, practical for the CFO to use to say, hey folks, this is what I'd like to illustrate to you. And let's talk about how we can fine tune this and tune it and turn it into our revenue piece for the next couple months. And then we'll, refi we'll refine it as we go. One thing though, in terms of revenue modeling or sales modeling that you explain here, is there a way for dry run to basically, or maybe there is a plan in the future to basically download the marketing analytic, like Google analytic, because it would be very useful, even from a CFO perspective, when I model my revenue or sales, I don't just like take quantity times pricing. I would love to know and follow their journey from visiting my website until they click to pay to purchase a product or purchase a service. There is that customer journey. And there is at every point of the customer journey, there is percentage conversion. That's how I would look at revenue and sales modeling. So we rolled out a new feature that allows you to model assumptions in every category. So say it's like a preferred customer. Fine. We can say, oh, we're expecting that, uh, I don't know, Joe's Lawn and Garden is going to bill 20% more with us over the upcoming year. Fine. So that's great. Okay. So I can do that now. Before we only had that, that modeling capability at the top line of cash in and cash out. Now it is so granular. We, get, we just gave you so many levers and dials, but 
So I know you're familiar with the software and many of your users are, or many of your listeners are not, but I'm just going to walk you through. If I created a manual scenario that had, we'll say five buckets. So I've got a leads bucket. I've got a sort of mid journey bucket. I've got a maybe going to convert, likely going to convert and almost a sure thing. So I've got five buckets. I can assign a percentage to each of those. Okay. And then I can, what I can do is actually assess that in a given month for a given cohort, it looks like I could potentially close X number of dollars. And then if, if it so happens, so as it sometimes does, that you thought you were working on a deal with somebody and it went dark. Uh, let's say you called them up and said, hey, what's up? And you kind of get everything back and, and ticking along again. You can move whatever category bucket they're in, and then you can move their timeline as well. So it might be that they're not ready to engage until January, but when they're ready to go, they're at 95%. Like that deal is almost done. I love the feature. And it went live last Friday. I am excited for that because I think when you are projecting revenue, if any business owner listening to this and then you what you are doing is only projecting your quantity and your pricing, right? That is not granular enough. You really need to understand your customer journey, your marketing strategy, and combine them together in order for you to get an accurate revenue or sales modeling. Like we always talk about accuracy over here, accuracy of financial results, accuracy of financial data, but it doesn't mean accuracy or accurate numbers means that it's not going to change. We are using the data, the best data available to us right now to project about the future. But if your data right now is not solid, you don't research it carefully, you don't look at your historical information to build the future forecast, technically, you're not going to have accurate results. Again, there is a difference between accurate and not changing because accurate doesn't mean it's not going to change. <laughs> it's going to change because you're looking at the future 13 weeks ahead, 12 months ahead. You don't know what's going on. When I say about accuracy and things are changing, because a lot of business owner would say, oh, what is the point of us doing a cash flow forecast or any financial forecasting if things are going to change anyway? The financial forecast, it's a roadmap, but it's a flexible roadmap. Things can change. And as a business owner, we all know we need to be flexible. But flexible doesn't mean that you have to stick with one roadmap. That's why I think another feature of dry run that we haven't really talked about a lot is actually the what if analysis, right? You can play with different scenario in dry run. You can have your best case, your conservative, and your base case. You can play around and then see which destination you want to pick. And then if your best case scenario, your upside scenario doesn't work, and then suddenly things, you know, you have a traffic jam and then it's going to delay you, you can flip right away to your conservative scenario. And then you already have a roadmap laid out for you. And then you just need to tweak it a little bit and then follow that roadmap. And I think that is also one of the other feature of dry run that I really love. And then honestly, and then I'm going to say this, I can do a lot of things in Excel. Okay. But why I choose to have a cash flow software like dry run is because one of the benefits is being able to connect your accounting software to dry run and then not thinking about, am I missing some of the transaction? Am I missing some of my revenue or my account receivable or my accounts payable or my cash payout expenses, right? It's faster and for me, because I handle a lot of clients, it's easier to look at everybody in the same format and it's more efficient. It takes me 
quickly to just tell clients, hey, you need to look at this. Why don't you call your clients on this uh, one invoice? Because we haven't been paid. I just want to stand on this point a little bit. And that's dry run as a communication tool. With somebody who has a practice of clients that they need to touch base with, and every client has their own team behind them, their own dynamics, their own communication styles and processes, the easier it is to convey information to your client and their leadership team and accept whatever feedback they have is an intangible benefit over and over again is, my goodness, I showed my bank dry run, okay, and my plans in dry run, and it was so clear. And we were able to have an action-driven conversation that may be strategic, might be operational, might be very tactical, but it was like a dialed-in conversation. So the benefit that I would have people take away, honestly, is how streamlined the process can be. Like it, it, it's transformative. We go from people who hated their Monday meeting or they hated their, you know, it was forced compliance to have these operational meetings or these leadership meetings. So I think that that's a huge benefit that I would have folks sort of chew on because I think it's really key, but it's intangible. In terms of features, I have two. Okay. So the first one is called consolidate. Okay. And it's the ability to take two scenarios because dry run is structured in terms of scenarios and layer one over the other. So picture this, if you will. So you've got your, your base case scenario that has like your financial actuals that you've imported into dry run. And then you've done some work with your client or your client has done work on their own. And you folks build, we'll say, a, a revenue scenario for the next 13 weeks, we'll say. The, the issue there is that there are two lines on the graph now. You've got your cash flow actuals, and then you've got this very thin kind of sales scenario. If you roll them together, basically what you're saying to your client or what your client is saying to themselves is, okay, so if tomorrow is a continuation of today, then this is what we can expect. And I think that's very powerful. Another use case for that actually is if you were the type of CEO or CFO, or you had a business that had multiple entities. So say your headquarters is in Ireland and your production facility is in Bulgaria. You've got two different currencies. Okay. You've got two different sets of books and in dry run, you can roll them together and really have that, that overarching view. And then you can model from that. So it's super powerful. Here's my last question for you, okay? Have you experienced founder purchasing dry run? They want to work on it on their own. You started the onboarding process, but then you realize they never use the tool. Have you experienced that? We have. So what's the issue? So I think the issue was the platform seems very approachable. Dumping your data into dry run gives the illusion of clarity. So that's fine. What we've had to be very firm on is parameters around usage. So if you're in as a founder, okay, if you're in as a founder, I'm expecting, and I'm now very clear about my expectation, that you're into dry run two to three times a week, okay, and you're bringing on your stakeholders. So we have various plans and configurations where you can, you know, get your accountant on board, get your CFO on board, uh, get your bookkeeper on board. The expectation, however, is that you're working behind the scenes to close your books for the month efficiently and quickly because your job as the founder is to look forward. Okay. So sometimes we see some of those growth problems where it takes 45 days to, to catch up on the bookkeeping, but then you're you're, I don't know, you're forecasting like out of your, your side view mirror. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't look through the windshield, right? So that is probably the biggest hurdle. And I am very firm on that. So if you come to me and you say, you know, we're experiencing some difficulties. No, no, no. I don't want to work with, you know, I don't want to bring in hired staff or consultants or, or CFOs. 
I'm inclined to say to you, listen, do you have, do you have coffee or tea? And it catches people off guard and they go, Ooh, I like coffee. And I go, great. Three times a week, dry run 15 minutes. Go. (laughs) Okay. Because it really is one of the most valuable tasks if they choose to tackle that forecasting business growth piece by themselves. There is a clear difference between folks who adhere to best practices as I set them forth in software and folks who don't. And I'll give you an example. So right before the Greek government had some real serious austerity measures, okay, Mm -hmm. I had been with Dry Run for about a year and a half, and we had a sizable digital marketing agency out of Greece, out of Athens. And I was just, I was, I was fed up with business users who like the term in software is churn. Okay. And I said, listen, what you need to do here, having no idea that the government was about to just like, there was a lot of volatility. So we didn't really, we didn't really know that. Right. So I said, what you need to do is you need, you like coffee, you're Greek, you like coffee. And he said, oh, I love coffee, love coffee, Barb, love it. Okay. And I said, okay, fine. Three times a week. Okay. Your morning coffee, your dry run. Call me if you have a problem. I'm here. Like it's an amenable time. And he, he grew through the entire, he had a staff of 20 and they, they grew, they shrunk, they grew. So trended toward growth through the entire, to this day. Throughout the volatility over in Greece. Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. And you think it's because he's making the commitment to learn how to use the software and then he finally understand the benefit of dry run. And nimble forecasting because the currency, Christina, wasn't stable from, from week to week, at one, from day to day. But dry run has a feature where you can actually suppress or force an entire scenario to perform to an assumption that currency, like it's going to close at 0.85. Okay. His nimble approach to forecasting, which is what you get if you just, just dip in every couple of days. Okay. Was key, I would say, to assisting him in maintaining the business and continuing to grow. So it sounds easy because you say nimble. So it's not going to take like hours and hours. But why is it so difficult for business owner to tackle this? So a couple things. I think that cash flow, so when you're, when you're a founder, cash flow is a taboo subject. Okay, so we ran a series a few years ago called Cash Flow Confessional. because. I would have these business users come to me and say, oh my goodness, can you help my business? And I would say, sure, what's going on? The difficulties that they would have are both so human, (laughs) so misguided that it was akin to a, a confessional. They had come to a place where we laid it on the table. They knew they weren't going to get away from, I wasn't their accountant, okay, they weren't going to get away from importing their own data and having me go, oh, this is, this is interesting. And the stuff that they used to confess was akin to the other taboo subjects that we have. So I think that that represents a, a struggle for business owners that they don't feel, founders will say, they don't feel as though that's information that is shareable because one, it looks like perhaps it looks like significant problems that could actually um, hobble a business. Should that ever get out that it's like, you know, kind of financially mismanaged and everybody has this air of bravado that, Oh yeah, everything's fine. Got enough cash. You know, it's a tight economy, but I can, I can do it. We can make it work when the reality is that there's a real lack of literacy around so business literacy in some cases financial literacy cash flow literacy now because i'm a former educator what i would share with you is that literacy is merely a set of skills that can be taught but we do teach them dry run side 
you need to make time for the things that are important in your business. And sometimes we confuse urgent with important. And that's, that's a growth opportunity because you'll only confuse urgent with important for so long before you collapse because you're dying of tiredness or the business collapses because you haven't thought strategically. Is there anything else that you want to share with my audience that I haven't asked you? Cash flow management is a continuous process and you're driving toward a goal and it continues to unfold. So with something like that, it's kind of like laundry. I do a lot of laundry here. And that's that it's actually never going to be over. Sometimes you just have to throw a load in first thing in the morning and then again tomorrow and again the next day. It is a continuous process that must remain somewhat imperfect and that should not keep you from starting a better set of habits or what have you, you know, a different approach or attitude toward your forecasting for your business. The other point I'm going to stand on is forecasting for what purpose? to drive your business forward. So it's not forecasting for forecasting's sake because we would all actually rather watch cartoons, perhaps if you're me. But but it's forecasting to drive the business. And that's where I see folks not make a distinction because they sometimes lose sense of why they're doing something. And the point is to drive the business forward to a point where you'd be happy to sell it. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's thinking about, what would be your exit strategy? Because I really think that financial is a big component in every business decision. You may not see it at the very beginning, what is the important of it, but every single business decision will end up in your financial results. So I truly believe in that. Okay, Barb, where can people connect with you? Ah, you can find me on platform at dryrun.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. You can also email me. My email is barb at dryrun.com. So if you signed up for a trial, you could actually reach me through there. Although sometimes if you're having a forecasting problem, it's sometimes better to reach out directly and then we'll take it from there rather than sign up and go, ah, (laughs) I've taken a scary step. Thank you so much, Barb, for being here. You're welcome, Christina. Thank you. And that's bring us to the end of another show. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for women entrepreneurs. If you want to create a proactive financial plan and process for your business so you are ready to weather the financial storm over the next few months, let's chat and see what's possible for you. Book in a time to speak with me at christinashahli.com forward slash let's chat.